and welcome to Clamp, the weekly podcast where we discuss all things related to creating, living, and making projects. I'm your host, Grant Alexander, and joining me as always is Adam Mackey and Morley Kurt. How are you guys doing today? Good. 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 Before we start the show, we like to start it off with a Clamp Challenge update. Morley, take it away. So we got the official entry from Mark Daner at Daner Made. So everyone, make sure that you're getting those entries in or else Mark is going to win all of the prizes. Uh, that might not be true. because like, No, we do have some other official entries. We do have some entries. Have, we might have exactly three at this point. So um, yeah, don't, don't let them take away all the prizes. Get your entries in. You got a little over a month at the time of posting of this episode. Um, so, you know, this is the time to be really hard, actively brainstorming. You know, we always talk about brainstorming and creativity is not a passive process. You got to be sketching, thinking, drawing, looking at all the clamps around your workshop and thinking about how can I make that better? How can I use these clamps to make something really amazing and out of the box? We're getting some really cool um, like updates and entries, which is pretty cool. Also, Mark can't win his own mallets back, so get in and win them. <laughs> he probably doesn't want to, to be honest. <laughs> he just make his own. Fair. We we got uh, an update from at Warren Matin, um, who is working on something metallic, which is cool. I always like seeing people making things with moving parts using metal because it has such a high strength to weight ratio that you can get like really efficient mechanical designs. Um, so I'm really excited to see where that goes. Um, I, I don't know about you guys in terms of how your brainstorming ideating process on your own projects is going, but I've been reading a book about canoe building and it has all these like different homemade clamping jigs. And so it's been making me thinking about clamping jigs I can make of my own, um, it's just tough when I don't do a lot of woodworking. That's always the problem. I would like to see you design a clamp in 3d yeah. print it. Mm, yeah, I could do that. I don't know about 3d printing, but I would like to design a clamp. I would like to see it, a 3d printed clamp that works. And I don't oh, want it to be a C clamp. You know, what would be a cool premise is like, how much force can you apply with a 3D printed clamp? What is the maximum amount of force? Like, what's Pretty the optimal close to shape? goddamn zero? <laughs> but there <laughs> must be a way. That, <laughs> that that um that rubber like sort of printing filament that you were using TPU, for the feet yeah. and stuff can can you get like a like one that's stretchy, like elastic? Well, TPU is stretchy. Could you make those um those like rockler clamps with like that has the band for? like edge banding and stuff. Could you print something like that? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't have a, I, I've seen those before. I don't have an exact picture in my mind. I'm sure Grant's Googling it as we're speaking. Um, I, but I know what they look nice. like, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you actually do edge banding. And um, yeah, I've been thinking about those. I've also been thinking about Laura Comps. I think I mentioned this before, those wooden clamps she uses that have like the cam clamp in them. So those mm-hmm. are like mostly wooden, um, I don't know if there's any metal in those clamps at all. So things like that are, I feel like are kind of the route I would want to go. John Heise has made a lot of uh, the, I build it guy. He has made a lot of wooden clamps. So you should, uh, if you're looking, going down the clamp route, he has made a lot of really nice ones um, with a lot of different iterations over the years. So you might want to check him out. Um, For those who are new here, 
we should talk about what the clamp challenge is. Make a project that involves a clamp or many clamps because you can never have enough. Uh, turn that clamp into something functional, artistic, or fun, and you'll have a chance to win great prizes, including stuff from Keen Utility, KGP Select Hardwoods, Isotunes, Timbacon, uh, Australia, Frogpod, Ethan Carter Designs, Zero Zero, Daner Made, Dean Duplantis, Clean Cut Woodworking, Router Sleds, Bear Make It, and a Weird Guy, and potentially more. And yeah. to enter, all you, all you need to do is post your project on Instagram with the hashtag clamp challenge by the 31st of july yeah it's cool it's gonna be great where i'm really excited about the entries that we're getting and i'm really excited for the ones that we are that have yet to come and if, if you make a youtube video make sure to share it to us right we're gonna make a uh playlist of all the youtube videos yep. that enter and mark's gonna be the first one on there so thanks mark yeah all right well this week, uh, Adam came up with a topic, so I'm going to let Adam uh, t- take it away. Yeah, well, um, over the past six or so months, I know I've talked about it a lot before, but my mental health went really down. And recently, some things have changed, and I am the happiest I've been in a very long time. And it just got me thinking, I was in the shop. I got a project finished. I was so happy like that I actually got some work done for once and I just felt so productive. I got I got the project finished. I got like what I considered to myself professional photos for the thumbnail and everything, whereas usually I'd just take a screenshot because I can't be bothered. And I just felt so energized and ready to keep going. And I feel like I'm on a bit of a high now where I just want to keep pumping out videos and pumping out projects and yeah, I just wanted to talk about how positive mental health can affect us. Because I know we've talked in the past about the negative mental health, but the positive of how much it can push you and inspire you to work harder and keep going. Before we get too deep into this podcast, can I just say that the majority of my thumbnails are screenshots of video. They're not photos. (laughs) (laughs) And I find that it just works a lot better because I'll just – you know, I'll, I'll set my camera to video and then just be like, this is the thumbnail video shoot. And I'll just try out a bunch of positions and it's yeah. way easier to get a screenshot from there than it is to take the perfect photo, especially when you're shooting at 60 frames per second. But you're purposely filming a video for a screenshot. Right. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, whereas I would just stopping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas like, like my thumbnail that I put for the biscuit joint video, I feel like is such a beautiful photo like i did the lighting and everything to get like the light on one side and the shadow on the other and i just i feel like it looks looks it just looks so much more professional than just like a screenshot of the finished project agreed it looks good yeah thank you one thing that i think about when you're talking about this is um have you heard of maslow's hierarchy of needs no so it's the idea that and it's just one theory it's not like I wouldn't say it's accepted by everyone, but it's the idea that um, for humans to be fulfilled, we need to kind of satisfy areas of our life in a certain order. So like, you know, before you can start achieving self-actualization, you need shelter and food and water. And before you can feel belonging and love in a community, you need to feel safe. So this idea that like, like layers of satisfaction and happiness in life sort of like build upon one another. And I know that for you, 
um, you felt a lot healthier recently, uh, or at least I, I'm assuming yeah. it's getting to that point with the surgery and everything. For sure. So I, I, I feel like that probably frees you up to feel more fulfilled in other ways and, and do the things that you want to do. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's funny you say that because I recently joined back up my gym. I've been twice since I joined back up and say six months ago when I was really depressed and, and down, I went to the gym to escape. That was my getting away. I wanted to be by myself and, and do all that sort of stuff. Now my, my, uh, personal trainer messaged me yesterday and he's like, Hey, like you've only been back twice. What's going on? And I'm like, honestly, I am so happy right now. I'm just trying to enjoy my life with my family. I just, I want to spend every waking minute I can with my family. And I haven't felt like that in so long. And I think trying to find that happiness and peace at home has really helped in now. I'm like, I want to spend time with my family and then I'll go do the gym like when I have spare time. Whereas before I was just trying to go to the, I wasn't just trying to go to the gym to get away, but I'd go to the gym to get away. Right. So when that's, it, 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 it's like a lot of the things that people do, depending on go to the gym, go to the bar. There's a lot of like, at least go to the gym is like a semi healthier way to deal with sure. getting away then, but it, it can be, it can be difficult and, and bad for your mental health as well if you are doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I I think I was doing it for the right reasons, but in my head, I was like happy to to be there because like I, I was happy to be there because I was I was like alone and away. Whereas now, if I go to the gym, I'm like I can't wait to get home and see my kids and my wife and you know, yeah. So it's just. I don't know. I, I, I really, what's the word? Um, relate to what Molly was saying with finding that, that happiness before you expand out or that being happy, like with yourself before you expand out. And I can see that now. Yeah. I feel similarly recently. I mean, with how well the channel is doing and the fact that you know, months ago, like six months ago, I planned to leave the steam project at this point. And the fact that things have lined up in such a way that I feel secure to kind of do that. Um, I feel like very, very lucky about, and, you know, things don't feel totally secure. You know, I don't have like a corporate job that I'm guaranteed is going to pay my bills as long as I don't screw up. But, you know, there's this general feeling that things are going right. And every day it's like, you know, I wake up to emails that are exciting and like new opportunities kind of arise each day. And it's, it's a exciting time. And I feel, I relate to what you were saying, Adam, about like trying to just kind of enjoy it in a certain way. Um, I think like it can also be easy, at least for me, when some, when things do feel like they're going right to still, allow yourself to be sort of like derailed by small things that go wrong. Yeah. And I'm trying to be mindful of that as well. And just remembering all the good things that happen in in a day and not let those like small wrong things sort of overshadow them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I I went, I went through that yesterday. Like we, we went out, we had to go um, to the shop to get some stuff and, and that, and I went and filled up my car at the servo 
and I'm waiting in line to pay. And like, we're just standing there. Like the, there was something wrong at the counter, but no one said anything. Everyone's just standing there just waiting. And before, like, I don't know, a few months ago, I would probably be there for about two minutes and then just be like yelling out like, what the fuck is going on? What, 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 what like just get angry. And I actually just didn't bother me at all. I had no real reaction. I just stood there and waited and it wasn't phased. When you're in a good mood, it's amazing how much the little things don't bother you as much. Like if you've ever yeah. driven somewhere and you were just like get like out of a bad work meeting or something like that, and now you get in your car and you're driving home and you're just like, rawr, 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 rawr. it's like every single person in the world is cutting you off, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and you're just like, oh, I just want to like, no, you're not going to get in. And uh, but if you've left like, uh, you know, I just got a promotion and you're driving home and you're having a great time and like, come on in, everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll make room for you too, right? Like, it's amazing that you're even like something as silly as your drive home could be so different uh, just based off how you're feeling that day. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I not just that but i can also see how i was before like being being happy i can see i can see that the things i was doing before which i thought were normal were because i was so depressed and you know it's funny i i i feel like i had a really good today like i was talking in the pre-show about like i pick up this vintage bike i was very productive um i started a new project that i think is going to turn into a really cool video and like I had the most chaotic drive in all the things that I was doing today to go build the tour lectern and to pick up this bike. It was like, there's, you know, there's, I live in a city and so there's some very busy streets and there's, you know, controlled intersections with stoplights. And then there's also intersections with stop signs. And the routes that I was taking was stop signs crossing very busy intersections. And all of these streets have bike lanes and sidewalks. So it's like, you need to cross like six lanes of multimodal traffic to get across the street and no one is stopping for you. And it was almost just funny. Cause like, if I had been in a bad mood, it would have been so stressful, but I was just like, this is ridiculous. How is anyone supposed to cross this street ever? It's like, it's almost impossible. And there was, there was multiple garbage trucks that I had to like go up on the curb and go around. I had to get out of my car and ask like a construction worker to move their giant dump truck that they were blocking the alley that I needed to access with. It, it was ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. And if you were in a bad mood, yeah, like, you, you would that like, have you seen the, like the guy that like got a tank, like a, like he turned a tractor into a tank or something. Mm-hmm. And like, I watched went on that a documentary the other day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that, yeah. He was just a guy who was having a multiple bad days. Yeah. <laughs> he thought everyone was against him and he just lost his shit. Um, but to bring it, to bring it back to the topic a little bit, um, not the topic, bring it back to the making side of it a little bit. Uh, I talk about it in my next video that comes out next week a little bit, but I was trying to do something. It failed horribly and I got frustrated. I left the shop and like literally two minutes later, I thought, actually, I could do this to fix it. And I got excited again to keep going with the project. And I I feel like before I'd be just throwing the project in the bin and be done. 
once once like once it failed, I was, uh, that's it. I was over it. And then this time, I actually found a solution and actually wanted to find a solution, which I think was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. It's it's amazing. I I just keep saying it. It's fascinating that that like how much easier your mind works when you're in good mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many more definitely. doors are open? Yeah. And there's always there's always solutions to those making problems. It's just a matter of like being relaxed and open enough to just like allow yourself to exactly discover them and not be so attached to your original idea that you close yourself off to them. It's like people have been building things forever, you know, and things rarely go according to plan. You can always screw something together in an alternative way or, or, you know, consider a different construction. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I mean. Like I think before, like being, I just get so frustrated and angry that I wouldn't even care to think of another way to do it. Or if something else popped into my head, I'm like, no, that's not the way I wanted to do it. I don't want to do it like that. I want to do it my original way. Like you said, like, I don't know. It's just, I feel like I'm in such a weird place right now. Like I haven't, I don't really understand like what's going on in a way. And I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm interested. Nice. Like it's because it's it's still a new experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I, you know, I, I've talked about it before, but like I haven't been happy for a very long time. I th- I think even like I can right now, like talking, I feel like I feel more positive talking. I feel like I can actually talk. I feel like this is probably the most I've ever talked in one of our episodes. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I, I feel excited. I feel happy to talk. Like I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Not that I wasn't happy to be here before, but I, I just feel, I just feel like I could just talk to anyone for days. Whereas before I just wanted to shut off and be on my own. And well, you know, it's, it's amazing how many things in life are within your control that, um, you don't realize most of the time. So I was on a walk with, uh, Eden's brother and we were, we were talking about like investing and investments and, um, you know, different strategies. And he was saying like, like, he's like, yeah, like, you know, the stock market is interesting and all, but something I like to think about is like, how can I take that money and invest it in something that I have more direct control in and maybe use that to make like a higher rate of return than if I just give it to a corporation and expect them to do well and generate me returns. And it sounds like an obvious thing to say, but like, you know, I have money that I'm sort of like earmarked for investing. And I don't think I had fully considered before, like, well, I mean, all investing is, is putting your money to work. And I, you know, could use that money to work for my, like myself, I could use it to buy a new tool or something that could like open up new opportunities. You know, nothing, none of that is set in stone. It's all this like assumption that I have in my own head and just allowing yourself to like think a little differently and realize that you really do have control over a lot of things. It just takes realizing it and like taking that step can be huge. Yeah, definitely. Right. It's like, it's how you react to something is what's in your control. And I don't know. I was reading something the other day and it was like, basically you, you can only control how you react to something you can't control what's what someone else is going to do. You can't control what's happening around you. You can't change 
what's happening. You can only change how you react to it and what you do with that. So you have to, I don't know, you have to figure out, you have to be mindful of that, right? Because no matter what's happening, how you, what your attitude is towards it is, is what's going to make it good or bad. Yeah. I mean, that in and of itself is like a huge rabbit hole <laughs> because I think how we react to things is informed by so many of our experiences and like trauma, if you've gone through it. Um, right. Like, and, and what, like one thing you mentioned, like mindfulness is a lot of time, like in, in just in how I've had to learn how to use it is just being conscious of the fact that like, oh, this situation is making me feel frustrated. But Sometimes I don't like that I'm feeling frustrated about something. I feel like guilty or bad that something affects me in a certain way. And so I feel like when I started trying to practice mindfulness more, it in some ways made me feel kind of weird because I was like, I'm noticing these feelings that like I don't really like. And there's this whole other step, which is like not judging yourself for having those reactions and just sort of like letting the emotions happen and and then it's sort of a weird way it, it starts to help um but yeah that's a <laughs> that's a rabbit hole in and of itself for sure yeah well and i think i think that's why a lot of the like mindfulness stuff gets some bad rap is because people only take the first step the first step is is admitting the fraud, like whatever you're having, but that doesn't, that's only the first step. Being mindful of what your emotions are is only the first step. Understanding why you're going through that or how, why you're feeling that way and what you can do to make yourself, yourself feel better about it or to, you know, to get around those emotions. Like that's the second step, you know, and there's more steps. Yeah. It's, I think a lot of people don't give uh, the the appropriate amount of time in order for things like therapy or mindfulness training or any of that. They don't they don't take it far enough and they, they just give up. It's like if you went to the gym for a month and went, but I didn't get any muscles, so you give up and you never go again, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you need to give it the time to do for your body to learn the new ways, right? Like you have to retrain your brain to fire new synaptic pathways. If you want to change how something makes you feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Can you tell yeah, that to my body about my scales? Yeah. <laughs> I keep weighing myself like every two days in my life. Like you can't keep weighing yourself. Wait, like do it once a week, but, but the number goes down and I like it. <laughs> Getting those dopamine hits. Well, yeah. The, I think uh, like the, the mindfulness practice is literally that it's like practice. And, and for me, a part of it is that like, I think for part of my life, like I wasn't fully accepting and like processing emotions that I was having and allowing myself to like talk about them or, or, or anything like that. And so literally just like getting in the practice of being like, Oh, I'm feeling this way. Huh? I wonder why that is like one thing my my therapist told me is just like curiosity is the best way to start going into therapy is like just start being curious about like why you are feeling certain ways and a lot of great things yeah. follow from that like if you just like stop closing off and start like being in being curious about yourself and, and not judging it's it's amazing like 
how just more like open and light you feel. And it, I mean, a lot of it also is tied in with Buddhism. There's this good book called uh, The Untethered Soul, I think by Michael Singer. And he talks about that, a lot of that, which is like, you know, there's like the experiencing self and there's the observing self and we have all these emotions, but if you can step away from your emotions and just sort of like notice them as sort of like an impartial observer and not that let them control you so much, um, it just has a lot of very nice side effects. <laughs> well, Another part that we wanted to talk about a little bit is kind of being more productive because of it. So I want to talk about it a little bit because I've found that when I am in pain, which I, we, you know, our Patreon exclusive episode that we never gave to everyone else in the world because the recording went poorly. But uh, I find like if I'm in pain or if I'm in a bad mood, there's like, Everything brings me down. Everything becomes yep. worse. Every noise is a noise I don't want to hear. Um, I'm really like sound sensitive and the pandemic has made it even worse. Um, it's uh, like, I just don't even want to be around people. I want to like, sh- like bury my face in my phone, which then I get mad at my phone. Cause I've already seen all the stuff on the phone. I don't even mm-hmm. want to watch a YouTube video. I can't even finish it. Even if it's something I wanted to see, I'm just so mad at everything. And I find like, if you're fitter and happier, you can be more productive. 100%. Just to just step back a moment. Do you, do you think you've become more sound sensitive during the pandemic because you haven't been like exposed to as many like crowds and just like ambient noise just because you've been in your yep. house more. Gotcha. A hundred percent. I went to a bar last night and for the first like 30 minutes, I was just like, we, I wanted to sit in the patio, but it was supposed to like thunder shower. And so my buddy was like, let's go sit inside. Like, so we don't get completely soaked and it didn't end up raining. But uh, anyways, we sat inside and just all the like echoey noise and stuff. I was like, I was like, going to leave i was like couldn't handle it and then eventually i had a i finished my beer and it went away uh which is why i drink yeah that's probably why i drink too much is because of i'm self-medicating it's funny you talk about like the loud noises and stuff we went to the movies uh like a couple of days after jurassic world came out the new one and i'm just sitting there going this movie is too loud. Like I, yep. like I was like, am I getting that old that like the movies are too loud for me now? Like it was just so weird. I don't know if it was where we were sitting or what, but the first thing I said to my wife when the movie finished, I'm like, that movie was too loud. I, I couldn't stand <laughs> that. And she's just like, you, you, you just so old. Like, yeah, yeah I don't like going like, to I'll, movies for that reason. Well, it's one of the, but reasons. I work around trains all day. Like I, I deal with loud sounds constantly. I, it's just for some reason the movie was just really bothering. It was a shit movie anyway, but all right. Anyway. Well, hot takes from from Maker Mackey. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a little G red in the after show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I think um t- to you, Grant was talking about like fitness and productivity, and I guess the tie in between the two. Um, I that's a tie in. I feel very heavily and I think it can feel counterintuitive sometimes because like sometimes it feels like any time that you're not spending working on something that you feel like you should is time taken away from that. Like it's a, it's a zero sum game. 
Um, but yeah. I think especially in creative work, it's very not zero sum because the like the amount of effort you put in is not going to give you the exact same outcome. Um, and I guess what I mean by that is the more effort you put in doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a better outcome. A lot of times it's just about like thinking differently and coming up with creative solutions. And one of the best ways for me to find those creative solutions is literally just to exercise. So I've talked about like skateboarding every day recently, which I've taken a, I think a two day break because I took a few really hard falls. I'm okay, but um, I'm very bruised at the moment. So I just, I just need a little recuperation time. Um, Recoup that bruised ego. Yeah. But I'll like, I'll just go skateboarding and it really is mindfulness because like, if you're not thinking about what you're doing in the moment, you will fall. It's only by like focusing and focusing on what you are doing right then and there that you'll progress and have a good time. And I think just by doing that and focusing on a task and not being distracted, it allows me to get some perspective over whatever issue I'm trying to think of. And I always come back with like some solution or some new idea, very similar to like taking a shower. Um, And then it's the added benefit of now I feel better in general because I just did something fun and active and got really sweaty and maybe gave a 12 year old kid some advice about how to get rock to fakies on the mini ramp. Um, <laughs> Those are words that don't make any sense. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, you can't tell me you never played Sardio or Pro Skater. No. So my problem with, with fitness is that, like I said about uh, earlier, if I just take my own advice, this wouldn't be a problem, but I can't get over the hump where it starts like people talk like a runner's high or any kind of like, I don't, if I go and do something physical, like heart pounding physical, not like go for a long walk because my heart rate doesn't go up. But if, if I do anything that gets my heart rate up, I just don't enjoy it. There's no part of me that's enjoying it. At the end of it, I don't enjoy it. I don't look back on it. And then with rose colored glasses, there's no, no enjoyment out of it. And I guess I don't, I get like, maybe it'll make me better later, but I can't get the, I can't get into it. Mm. And I know I need to give more time, just like I said, with the, any therapy or mindfulness or anything. Like that. I already know the answer, but I can't get into it and I can't force myself to do it. it it's it's definitely really hard with, with stuff like that, like, you you know you need to do it, but you you can't. I, I definitely went through that a lot with the gym and all that sort of stuff. I think trying to find a way that you can achieve the same goal with something you want to do is definitely what you need to look towards. So right. you know maybe you don't like going for a run, okay, but do you like lifting weights or no? You know running around with your kids or go take your kids Not for a really. bike ride or like sometimes but I'm just saying like the, there's got to be something out there that you will enjoy or even you know compromise and say all right well I don't want to go for a run but I could go for a walk you're not going to get the same results as you would have but you're going to get half of the results that you would have so the the biggest problem that I have is that it's the zero I in my mind it's a zero sum game and if I'm doing that and it's not going to lead to something later. So I need to, I need to find something that's, if I was, if I was chopping wood, I would at least 
be getting exercise, but doing something productive, but I don't need to chop any wood, right? I can't, I don't have, I've got too many creature comforts for me to, to find it. I don't know. Anyways, that's something I have to deal with, but it's something I'm sure other people out there are having similar issues. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I don't have the same experience and a big part of that is because there are so many things wrapped up in with me with fitness and working out in like doing sports in high school and university. I have so many associations that, um, I can like tap into a lot of like adrenaline feeling. Like I get really happy and excited when I'm lifting or skateboarding and like I put on certain music and it reminds me of certain things and it it gets me in a certain way. So, um, I, I, I can't really give advice specific to that just because I don't have the same experience. And, and I get that. Like you made the f- teams you tried out for. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't have those experiences of, of having, being on a team and having the fun. And even if I were to have ever made a team, which like I signed up for my parents signed me up for like uh, basketball where it was like, you know, there wasn't like tr- tryouts. It was just, Everyone was on a team. I was a great bench warmer. Like, you know, like that's what it felt like to me, even though it was supposed to be like everyone gets to play, but, you know, certain people never get the ball, never get – just feel like I'm not – and that's where – you're when you're not good at something and you still – and you want to do it and it's a team thing, which most sports are – Um even if it's just team being together with other people who are encouraging you, like I get like pole vaulting or whatever you did was it's you, but you were on a track team with other people. You don't, if you're not good at it, it's, it's really difficult to get better at it because you can't play with other people because you're Mm -hmm. not, you're going to be the bad one on the team and no one's going to play. Like you get into this, like you're, you're not actually playing the game. You can practice, get better but it's not as much fun and you just end up in a loop of never being any good because you can't get the time in and you can't get the time in because you're not good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that happens with some stuff as well in the making world. Definitely. Yeah. But th- there also are things fitness wise that I know that you do enjoy, like canoeing, for example, or hiking or like those other outdoor activities, which are really good for you and aren't lesser than cardio in any way. Um, I agree. The problem of okay, say canoeing is like difficult to get to. Like there's a lot of barriers to getting in a canoe. I got to put it on. Like I got to put it on take it off my storage spot, put it on the top of the car, strap it down, go blah, blah, blah. Right. Like I've got so many, you got to do a lot of things to get in a canoe, which I would love to do more, but it's a barriers plus time equals. I'm not going to do it. So I try and go for bike rides, but I need like, I don't know if there's people out there. I know there's people out there who could just go for a ride and they don't need a destination. I need a destination. I need a reason for me to do it. It needs to feel productive to me. Use it to get groceries. Right. I do. I use it all the time. I I use my bike to go run to the store instead of hopping in my car. I I know, but it's like, 
they're such small little bits because I don't really leave my house. Well, do more of the shopping. I mean, it seems like you have the uh, you have the infrastructure right there. You just got to do more of it. Do you have kids, morally? <laughs> I don't. But kids, I, I'm in a solutions focused mindset. <laughs> right. Once you have kids, you end up buying a lot more shit. And you're and we, there. You go like, more opportunities go to go on bike rides. Sounds, right. sounds like you need well, to we, make a few bike cuts. So we Try, do. Uh, we do the pickup because I still don't go into stores that much. I've started to get used to being in public, but uh, anyways, we do like click and collect because my wife does all the cooking and all the grocery shopping. Like I can't do grocery shopping because I don't do the cooking. So I, it's not a helpful, like I can't go there and buy the food because I don't know what to buy because I'm not the one doing all the cooking and I don't really know how to buy food properly. Yeah. So I'm not an adult that way. There's a Here's- lot of things I'm good at, but I'm not good at grocery shopping. I, you know. Here's here's the solution. Ready? Okay. Pivot listen. your YouTube channel to a primitive technology YouTube channel. Yeah, right. And you will expend so many calories building shit in the woods. Yeah. So that was my original idea with my channel was to build stuff in the woods with like bushcrafting and axes and whatever. There's a barrier to that. I have to get to the woods. I I don't know if this is true, but my sense is that that has a higher sort of chance of success than like woodworking type videos, the primitive technology style. Does that prospect motivate you? No, not at all. What about the enjoyment of primitive technology? Yeah, but like I, so I'm not good at it. And to get good at it, I got to spend the time at it. And I don't want to spend the time at it because I'm not good at it. Yeah. Don't worry, Morley. I have been coming up with excuses for shit since I was like two years old. So whatever you say, I'll come (laughs) up with an excuse for it. You know, you know what it all boils down to at the end of the day? You know, no one said it better than Shia LaBeouf. It's just do it. Oh. And Nike. Uh, I would actually say that it's all about your attitude. Right? And like you said, you're coming from a solutions focus and I'm coming from an excuse focus. And whenever somebody ever invites me to something, the first thing I say is no. And I might say it like actually out loud, but I often just go, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that thing. I don't want to whatever. It takes a lot for me to try and get out of that. Uh, like mm. I have to play some mental gymnastics to get myself out of the no focus and into the accepting that this is actually going to be a good time. Right. Yeah. The, so in the first maker camp, I wanted to go, but then I said no to myself for no good reason and then didn't go. Uh, and then the next one was canceled. And then the one after that, COVID was still going on and it was like, it could only fly into the States. And that just, I couldn't fly. It's like a six hour drive. I'm not going to fly that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this year I've got a little kid, so I probably won't be able to go again. And it's like, why didn't I go in 2019? Well, cause I told myself no. 
and I, I was like, I psyched myself out of it. You could bring Fletcher with you. Now I can. Yeah. Yeah. But what about it? Yeah, I could. Except for that'd be an amazing memory for him. Yeah, he's still a little young, I think, for making memories. No, I mean it'll be there in some form or another. Yeah, it'll be formative at least. Yeah. Anyways, I think there are. It's like I said, it's all about your attitude and what your mindset is when you're presented with a thing. And if you're in a happy mood and a good mood and mental health is is good, things are much more open. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can't find I can't find the timing, but from the top of my head, I'm pretty sure it takes six weeks to like gain a habit or beat a habit. And it takes one week to lose it. So like if you were to go for a walk every day for six weeks, it'll become part of your life. You'll be like, it'll just be your habit every day. You're going to go for a walk. But if you don't go for a walk for one week after that, you gain that habit, you'll lose it. Yeah. So I feel like maybe like, I know you say you don't want to, and it's getting started is definitely the hardest when you, when you're not in the right mindset for it. But, maybe like trying to take the kids for a walk once a day. Yeah, it's not happening. Because, you know, like like go, going for a walk, though, is like the, the best thing you can do for mental health. The barrier to get – like going for a walk with my kids is not good for my mental health. I was like just the arguments to get people – like get Fletcher to put on his shoes to even convince him to go for a walk is impossible. It takes so much energy to do that. And he'll. Will River go for a walk? I go for two walks a day with my dog. So. Okay. So get Fletcher to go take the dog. It's not happening. I've been trying. It just doesn't work. I don't have the mental fortitude to argue with a four-year-old over whether or not. it's actually an interesting thing to talk about is that that another person, although a four-year-old, is hindering that and that other people can have that effect on you not wanting to do something Yeah, as well. You know, like um, like you say, like you, do, you just don't want to argue with him. So you, you just don't do it. Um, and I, I know like, you know, I've got two kids too. It's, it's impossible when they got their mindset on something or or whatever like they're not going to they're not going to do it they're not going to listen right i've i have on at times just put his shoes on and picked him up on the shoulder and lit, walked with him crying and screaming down to the park where then he had an hour of the best time of his life and but he wouldn't go out of the house Right, and it's just like, no, you need to get outside. You need to go do something fun. We need to go to the park. So I picked him up on my shoulder and I walked him down the street crying. And we got to the park and he had a blast. And then he didn't want to leave. Then he had to cry on the way back because he didn't want to leave. And it's just like, I, I'm sure there's better ways of dealing with them. And the problem with parenting is it doesn't come with a manual. And every single kid is different. So what works for one kid may work for yours, may not work for your kid. Exactly, right. yeah. And yeah. The, like um, some days you're like, "Hey, want to go for a walk?" and he's already got his shoes on. But yeah. 
that's ninety percent of the time is not the way. Anyways, let's try to you know, let's sort of scare, stop scaring Morley into not becoming a dad. No, it's all good. I'm 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 for it. Question for you guys though, because it is something that I would like to do when I am a dad. Um, have you or have you thought about building your children a treehouse? I w- if I had a tree, I would. If gotcha. I had, yes, again, if I had a tree and land, I would. Yeah. I want to actually. You guys don't listen to shop sounds, but um, uh, Bourbon Moth was talking about he's about to build a treeless treehouse for his son. So, like, pretty much a house on stilts. And he was talking about he's not. He said he's probably not going to do it because there's too many legislations in his county. But of actually making it like over water, like digging out underneath it and filling it up like a moat and stuff like underneath. I was like, that is so cool. Like if I had land, I would definitely do that. So when I was a kid at our cottage, we had a tree house. Um, like, I don't know, it was like 15 trees between it. It was really cool. Uh, it would definitely be something I'd want to make for Fletcher, but. Yeah. I don't have the trees and it's like, I can't plant a tree today and have a tree house in five years. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's yeah. no, I would have to move to get a tree house, but I do want to make him, uh, a, like a play structure. Yeah. Yeah. That has you got to hop over the Quebec nest. border and, uh, join Zito and Wakefield. Yeah, definitely. Definitely got to do just that. Just wait for Morley to buy his uh, wedding venue and then you can build one there. Yeah, Uh, I'm sure Morley has has moved on from that. Morley's now a YouTube star. He he doesn't have time for wedding. You know what would be a great YouTube video series? Building a wedding venue. Sure. You know what else is great? I'd like to thank our Patreon supporters, um, our patrons. Uh, I'd like to thank every single one of them. Thank you so much. You guys actually make whenever we get a new um, or uh, a new donor or a new person upping their their thing, it it gives me like a huge boost about this podcast, about everything. It gives me that dopamine hint that I love. Um, and so, thank you very much. Without you guys, I wouldn't we wouldn't be doing this. Um, I especially want to thank the F Clamp level, uh, Brent Jarvis from Clean Cut Work- Woodworking, Vincent Ferrari from Because We Make. Austin from the High Caliber Craftsman, and Scott Oram from Dad It Yourself DIY. Uh, thank you very much to them. Thank you to all the other people. If you're interested in Patreon, go to patreon.com slash clamp. Uh, and there you can find out all the different levels that we have. They're all different types of clamps. So if you want to be the best clamp, you got to sign up at the F clamp level. If you want to be a spring clamp, you can do that too. It's fun. I love spring clamps. I use them all the time. But uh Go there. You get access to a pre-show and an after-show. They're a separate RSS feed uh, with a separate thumbnail, so you don't ever get confused. Um, it <laughs> is. Uh, you also get a keychain made by uh, Morley, and it's numbered. So there's only it's a limited run. Uh, we're only making the numbers for. He's only making them for patrons. He won't even make me one. Uh, or me and. Yeah, if you can't donate uh, to our show through Patreon, we totally understand. Uh, we appreciate everyone who shares the show every week. We appreciate everyone who writes reviews. And uh, yeah, on that note, Clamendations. Clamendations. So I want to build a canoe, 
this idea came up uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, one of which is I've always been really into camping and survival stuff and watercrafts of all sorts. But the spark for this idea came when I was at that bachelor party weekend and I was talking to Zane and we were just talking about like my YouTube channel and something he mentioned is that he was like, I feel like part of your channel, which is so interesting is like making things from a very small space and like you should take advantage of that in titles and things. And I was like, Oh yeah, like that's a really good point. It's not something I always do. And I was just thinking about like, what would be a great YouTube title that has that. And I was like, what about like making a canoe in my apartment? That would be a fantastic YouTube video. And then I started, like, we were kind of like jokingly talking about it. And I was thinking, I mean, I guess maybe, yes, there is feasibly enough space, but it would take over the apartment. And once it was built, I don't think I could actually get it out. Uh, We do have some relatively big windows in the front, but even through those, I don't really think it would be possible. So like, it was just like a funny thought that we had, but then I started thinking about it more seriously. And I realized that in the garage behind our apartment, there is probably, I didn't confirm it at that point, but I have since confirmed that there is enough room. So I picked up the book Canoe Craft by Ted Moores, which is like a great canoe building book. It's recommended by many people. And I've been learning all about canoe building and I hope to build a canoe within the next year or so. Um, nice. But I'm super excited. I'm like, the more I read, the more like I am excited about it. And, you know, yes, it is a big project, but I think it's, uh, it's doable. And one thing I really love about this book is that he makes it very accessible to anyone. I mean, the book is very detailed, but it's written in such a way to be like, anyone can build a canoe if they have enough time and enough patience. Um, that's really totally. what, it, what it boils down to. And it's also just a really beautifully written book that has a lot of great woodworking knowledge and tips in it. So even if you're not sure that you want to build a canoe, I would just recommend getting it and starting to read it because um, it's it's kind of like fly fishing books if like you've ever read one of those where like it's very romantic and it like romanticizes the whole idea of canoeing and tells all these stories and it's it's just a nice book to read uh so i would definitely recommend it and i am excited to build my own canoe first of all i don't know what fly fishing is i see it in movies and it makes no sense to me agreed do you want me to answer that or do you want to go to your second question no, I'll go to the second one after. Yeah, go answer. So fly fishing is basically your one way of fly fishing and the, the, where it gets its name from is that your lure is imitating a fly and many fish like insects, many fish eat insects off the surface or underwater. Um, so the whole style of casting is different. You're trying to lay your fly on the water instead of a lure, which goes under the water and acts like a fish. There's also... You know, you can fly fish, you can use a fly casting rod to cast a lure that looks like a fish. It's a very like big thing in and of itself, but its right. namesake is you're casting a lure that looks like a fly. So you cast it out and then just like let it float on top of the water and wait. Because um, when I see it in movies, yes they no. like flip There's, it back and forth nonstop. So that's, that's the actual casting technique. When you actually get it on the water, you're leaving it there and you're maybe doing some like corrections with the rod. Uh, okay. Now it makes sense. You can also reel it in. There's different techniques. Um, yeah. Right. 
Mm. Um, and the second part was, is there any part of the canoe that you can make in your apartment? I don't think there's any reason to actually build any of it in the apartment itself. I like well, All you need woodwork- to do is build one part and then you can use that title. I have another title. Don't worry. It's still going to be a great video. I think it might be good reason to get a drone. Have you seen Andrew Zito's kayak build? I have seen pictures of it, but I haven't seen uh wait, he doesn't have a video yet. Does he? Yes. He He's working. Yes. On it. He has two videos. So, okay. I haven't seen the videos, but um, I've seen pictures and I've been also been messaging him, messaging him about this whole, uh, project if he listens he should totally change his video titles to building a kayak in my living room yeah that's a great title and it already looks like his thumbnail looks like it's in his living room so there you go there you go a million views millions of views uh adam (laughs) go yeah well my recommendation for this week is a youtuber called ryan trahan he um he's pretty much blowing up everyone's feeds at the moment. He's doing a trip from one side of America. I can't remember where he started. Venice Beach or some beach, some big beach. Um, and he's trying to get to the other side of America, starting with a penny. Uh, essentially, he works his way up from the penny. So, he'll trade up to get some money to then be able to buy things to sell or or that sort of stuff. He um, saves up enough to get a push bike so he can do like Uber Eats deliveries and, and earn enough money to get him to the next destination. So buy a bus to get to the next town or a train ticket. Um, one thing I learned is that you can stay in a very nice hotel in Las Vegas for $17 a night because they're just trying <laughs> to get you in there to get you to the casino. It was insane. The place he stayed in, I'm just like $17 a night. It's pretty hectic. Damn. Yeah, I was. I went on a road trip and I stopped in Atlantic City, which is kind of has a Vegas feel. It's in New Jersey. It's not as notorious, but it's a similar city. And I was told that I would be able to get like super cheap dinner, super cheap accommodations, but it wasn't Vegas level. It was still definitely a lot cheaper than it would have been in like another tourist city because there's all the gambling. Um, but yeah, I, I want to looking forward to that experience in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty um pretty crazy. So, yeah, so he's you know he's trying to get from he's trying to deliver a penny to Mr. Beast on the other side of the country, and he has mm-hmm. he's doing it all for charity. Um, so he's trying to raise meals like for the homeless, and I can't remember what the charity is called, but as for a really good cause, his goal was to get a million meals, which was a hundred thousand dollars. He did that in like the first four episodes. Um, they're almost at a million dollars, which is pretty insane in itself. But if someone donates $50,000, he gets reset to a penny. So he could go to bed with $200 every, every night he checks the donations. And if someone's donated 50 grand, he starts the next day with a penny and loses that 200 bucks, which is insane. Like it's really, um, it's really interesting like to watch like how he makes money and, and every episode he tries to make a new way to make money so that it's not just the same repetitive thing over and over. Um, so when this episode comes out, it'll be day 27. I think he's trying to do it in 30 days. So it's real time. Every is a new episode every single day, which is like the day before of him, or I think, yeah. Um, and then, so I think he started on like the 1st of, Ju- of June. So like it's, it'll actually finish like on the 30th of June is the last day. 
So yeah, cool. it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a great premise. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't realize, I, I thought like this was the first time he's done it, but when I went through his YouTube channel, like he does a lot of like starting with a penny, like he traded from a penny up to a house before in like a, I don't know how long it took him, but yeah. Cool. Hmm. Well, I'm going to recommend uh, Jim Cullen Woodworking. He's uh, a guy in uh, Connecticut who makes, uh, for I think for a living, it looks like, he makes playground structures. And I have been following him. Uh, he randomly liked one of my v- pictures. And anytime someone randomly likes one of my pictures, I go check out their profile. Um, and I saw he just makes a whole bunch of uh, the play structures for for like playgrounds and parks and people's backyards and it's just nice if you're interested in making a play structure for your kids or if you just want to see some interesting play structures give them a follow it looks like he does a lot of those like awesome wooden play structures that i feel like a lot of us loved as kids yeah everything he does is wood it's awesome hmm well, at this point, we'd normally go to morally reading a review and an accent of your choosing, but we don't have any. So we're going to go to Adam's Australian Word of the Week. Yeah. Did you know that five-star reviews are really good like and helpful for iTunes to get our name out there? Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah wow. It is. Hmm. Um, speaking of wood, I'm going to go a little bit crazy with this week's Word, and we're going to go with the word wanker. All right. Oh, well, I know that one. Yeah, that's a just like yeah, an idiot or like someone you're like that guy's such a wanker. He did. He's such an idiot. He's such a dim, imbecile. That's what I would say. Hey. Agreed. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, you got that one. Done. All right. All right. Thanks, Bye. TF. End of episode. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, TF Turning, for the theme song. Uh, you can find us on all the usual social media places by searching for Clamp or Clampcast or Clamp Adam Morley Grant. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. See you.